All right, so we're back here on another Washington Football Guys podcast episode three. What's going on, Rob? Man, it it feels different doing it on a Saturday, but we missed we missed last Friday. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad we're here. We're here getting ready to do this. We got a lot to talk, a lot of good stuff to talk about today. I'm excited. Yes, indeed. We got a great show lined up for you. We got 17 days for a training camp. I mean, we are literally knocking at the door for the 2021 NFL season. Our 2020 NFC East champions are gonna head down dead down south to my back my backyard in Richmond, Virginia for a training camp in just a mere 17 days. We are right at the finish line. The offseason is damn near over. And yeah. man, we are here. It feels good. Yeah, so we're here uh, once again under the lights. We're here um, also. Uh, we're part of the Off the Ball Network. And definitely huge shout out to our new partnership, uh, My Bookie. So My Bookie is our new partner of the Off the Ball Network. So basically, um, and it's our newest venture. So basically, if you are a first time user of My Bookie, you can um, get a sign up bonus up to $1,000 plus plus a $10 casino chip. So head over to my bookie right now and win big. Use our promo code that we have right here under off the ball. So use our promo code for my bookie for off uh, promo code that off the ball. So definitely a um, huge shout out to our, um, our um, uh, to my bookie. So man, we had, we had a birthday yesterday. <laughs> we did. We had a big birthday. Yes. Happy 89th birthday to our beloved Washington football team franchise. We are about to about to be 90 years old. Yeah. In nine decades. Uh, you know, it feels good. I we've seen a lot of a lot of turmoil in the last 25-ish years. Um, actually, I'd say 28. No, I'd say about 25, because last time we won a won a Super Bowl was in 92, the year I was born. So yeah, probably about the last 20, 25 years. Pretty much ever since Dan Snyder took over the team, we we've been in turmoil. But you know what? You know we're about to hit ninety. Things are looking good. Things are looking up, which we'll get into in a little bit. Uh, so yeah, big birthday and uh, excited to see what the next eighty nine years brings. Yeah, this is um, once again um, it's it's a it's historic franchise. I mean, when you sit down and think about the first season of our existence, it's only three original teams from. Uh, from the era, so you know, you yeah. look at that um, standpoint. It's very, um, it's it's a franchise that's rich in history, uh, rich in tradition. Um, that's probably one, that, and also even to Ron Rivera's credit, that was one of the main reasons why he came to Washington because he looked at the um, historical um, impact of this of this team and just the significance um, that this team has in the NFL history books. So, um, yeah, once again, like that, another prosperous 89 more years to this franchise. And I think, like, we talked, and it's funny that we talked about this, um, um, as far as with the Jay Z situation, um, the possible of him, um, get on the stake in his team. And we were talking about, like, how that's kind of a, a forward approach going forward into our ushering into our ninth decade, yep. potentially. And we talked about just the implications of what can potentially happen in this. Um, ninth decade, as far as you know, obviously, we'll have a new name, you know, 
in a few months, probably the way it's looking from uh, what I've been hearing would probably be um, early in 2022 when a name will have a new name and then that's going to come with a new stadium. That's going to come with a brand new type of approach. And like you said, we talked about this every week where everything is starting to on up and up. You know, we, you know, from every, from, from every, from every facet of this team, not just on the, on the field, but off the field as well. Yeah. Um, we have, you know, we're starting to become very progressive in a lot of um, areas and we, you know, we're just moving forward and cheers to another 89 years. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But yep. It is a definitely um, once again, happy birthday to our, well, happy belated birthday to our beloved. It was um, technically yesterday. Yeah, it was, but hey, it's all good. We we're here, and all right. you know, yep. But <laughs> do that. It's all good. So Rob, we had a um. So definitely, huge shout out to Pro Football Focus. I uh, wonder, analyst uh, Ben Lindsay. Um, he had an article where he ranked um each team by their roster. So yeah. basically, what he did was he he based it on um the strengths and weaknesses of the team. And also key players on each roster. And he yep. has our 2020 NFC East champion Washington football team as the 12th ranked team in the NFL. Now, last year they did a similar one. We were ranked 30th. We went from 30th to 12th in a matter of 12 months. Uh, yep. Rob, your thoughts on the on the ranking? I was a little shocked um, because honestly, not a lot of people give us any any real respect. Um, yeah. <laughs> and nobody gives any true respect. I just talked last week with Jeff. I seen uh somebody's tier rankings of just the offense, yeah. and and they had Washington at a D. The, the our, our offense at a D, but had teams like Philly and Cincinnati above us. Like it, it didn't make sense. And and from the looks of that one in particular, um, he he. It looked like they were value overvaluing quarterbacks because they had teams like the Saints who don't have a quarterback. Um, but they had the teams like the Falcons up there who have a quarterback but don't have a team around them. Uh, it was it was wild that he was also wildly inconsistent with how he viewed the quarterbacks. We're not getting a lot of respect because of our quarterback situation. If we had a solidified QB one that we knew was the guy for the next 10, 15 years, I'm not saying we have to have a Patrick Mahomes or or an Aaron Rodgers, but even if we had someone like a Derek Carr, you know, I feel like that we would be, we would look, we would be looked up, looked at in a much more positive light. But the fact we're in the top half and nearly cracking the top ten, there's two or three teams. I was looking at the whole list. There's two or three teams that that I scratch my head on why they're above us. But there's also a few teams behind us that I I saw and I was like, wow, I'm. I'm shocked that they're behind us. We'll get into the list in a minute. But I'm glad we're finally getting respect. I think that this was a, a truly as unbiased look of the team as, as they could have done. Because, because you know, what people say is right. We don't have our quarterback situation solidified. So we don't really know. It, 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 this team and every team really goes as far as the quarterback will take them. You look at a team like Green Bay who never really has had a good offensive cast outside of Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones who are late round picks. But Aaron Rodgers claws and, and scratches his way to an NFC title game nearly every year. 
Um, so th that's going to be the same case with us. We're going to go as far as Ryan Fitzpatrick or, or our boy Hennessy will take us. <laughs> so, but I'm glad that we're finally getting the respect that, that I feel like we, we are slowly but surely deserving of. Um, and I'm excited to see where, where this offense could, because we know what the defense is. I'm excited to see what the offense eventually will be at the end of the season. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I solely agree with you too, Rob, but I, I think, and the beauty about pro football focus and almost to your point where it's more objective. Like when they have a list, I take theirs more, a little bit more serious. This isn't a ESPN. This isn't a Washington post. This mm -hmm. isn't kind of one of those. This is where they, they it's pro football focus for a reason. Cause they literally focus on, you know, the, 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 how, how can I say it? The analytics behind behind their analysis is spot on. Like pro football right. focus is literally the encyclopedia, the Britannica, if you know, as far as a, mm -hmm. a old, old man reference to Britannica, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know if you know about a Britannica, but as far as the encyclopedia wise, um, right. I think this, like you said, this is where some lists I might kind of like shrug it off and be like, oh, whatever. But this list, I definitely, um, and then even with the critique of the team, they're right. Like you said, the, the, the situation with the, the with the uncertainty of the quarterback situation and then also, also the offensive line, which those are kind of two things that we've all kind of looked at from this team as the as the Achilles heel of this team. So that's the kind of the beauty thing about it. Um, and then, like, I, I loved how they, you know, they talked about, um, you know, obviously the strength is the defensive line and kind of a lot of guys that a lot of people really don't like – you know, we know, but like Tim Settle, they, they mentioned him in there also. Um, a lot of people really sleep on like Matt Ioannidis. So I like, I, that's what lets me know, like, kind of more so of how pro football focus is. And like, I remember they had a top 50 list, and it's like, I, I agree with mostly for the most part, for, but they're the ones when you, when you really want an authentic, no bias analysis of players or teams, you, you run the pro football focus. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, because because they I mean, all they're so the thing is with like NFL.com's power rankings, ESPN's power rankings and their their rankings of, of certain position groups is they're just, hey, these are the players that they have. We think these players are better. That's why they're in this spot. PFF is, hey, we grade these players on certain things throughout the game, whether you agree with their their formula or not. Yeah. It's still a a a mathematical formula. They're not just throwing out, oh, Terry McLaurin, he's a big name, so we assume he's a better receiver than, you know, the number two guy in another. It's, hey, when this guy runs routes, he gets opens X percent of the time. He catches the ball X percent of the time. And of those, these are touchdowns. And, and they compile that into a statistical category. So it really is more of a... It, it, it is a scientific way to look at it, and you got numbers to back it up because we look at the teams who are above us. We got number one, Tampa, which I would have put KC above Tampa just because at the end of the day, like we said, teams run through the quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is, and you know, he is a better quarterback right now than, than Tom Brady as far as his skill set. Um, but they got KC at two, Cleveland at three, mainly because of. I feel like that one's kind of mainly the names. 
you have a, a, a beast backfield. You got the two-headed monster of uh, Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt in the backfield. You know, OBJ is coming back, so we'll see what he can do. We're going to see what Baker Mayfield can do his second year in, in Kevin Stefanski's offense, which I hope he does well. Uh, shout out Baker Mayfield all day, every day. Number four, you got Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, fellow fellow Central Valley kid out of Cali with uh, Josh <laughs> Allen leading the leading the charge on that team. I like them at four. Here's one that that I question: Baltimore <laughs> is Baltimore really a top five roster? Um, their their defense was okay last year. It w- it was good. It wasn't a typical Baltimore defense. We we've, we've known you know the Ray Lewis and Ed Reed days, but me and Jeff talked about this a couple weeks ago. You're, you're people are projecting what if the offense is clicking on all cylinders, what they can be. Here's the thing. Baltimore seldomly clicks on all cylinders. They did the one year uh, Lamar Jackson's MVP year. Is he going to have another MVP year? We know Lamar Jackson's going to ball out. He's going to throw for a few thousand yards. He'll probably rush for a thousand yards again. Um, but are the receivers going to step up? Are the running backs going to step up? We don't know. Number six is Green Bay. Assuming Aaron Rodgers plays, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got Rams. Rams did get better. They got significantly better in that trade. Getting rid of of Jared Goff in that terrible contract and getting uh, Matthew Stafford, they got significantly better. I'm okay with it. Number eight is Dallas. I've said it time and time again. I will always say (laughs) Dak Prescott is unproven. (laughs) You can't rely on Dak Prescott. They've had they've had the best roster in the NFC East the last was fifteen years, and and they haven't been able to do anything with it. So you know Dallas is Dallas. Number nine is Minnesota. If anybody in this world knows Kirk Cousins, yeah. it's us. Like he's yeah. not that dude. He is literally he's a couple notches above Trent Dilfer. He he's a game manager, and no disrespect, you know, not to use that as a negative connotation. But we're not in the we're not in the era of football where you can just have a game manager like a Trent Dilfer back then and not your defense and your run game. Not only are we not in that era of football, that team is not built that way. Getting rid of Stefan Diggs hurts. They have Adam Thielen and, and Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson had a great rookie season. You know, can you avoid the sophomore slump? You got Dalvin Cook in the backfield, beast of running back. But again, the league is not a it, it's a pass first league. It runs through the quarterback. You cannot have a game manager in the backfield. One person I like to think of a lot recently was Russell Wilson. His first two years in Seattle, he was a game manager uh, yeah. because he 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 could afford to be. That's what he that's what the team needed him to be because they had Marshawn Lynch, that beast run game, and then they had Legion of Boom. They had the best defense, in my opinion, um, the best defense of all time. In, in any year, better than the 85 Bears, better than the 2000 Ravens. That 2012 Seattle Seahawks team that beat Denver in the Super Bowl, that is the best defense in the history of the league, in my opinion. So Russell Wilson could be a game manager. They don't have that defense anymore. So now you now you see Russ having to start cooking. You know, that's where we get the term for let Russ cook. He, has a, he had to start doing more once they started losing pieces. And he's no longer a game manager. Yeah. That is what Kirk Cousins always has been, and that's what I believe he will always will be. That's what I believe he always will be. At 10, I, you have Denver. I, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Denver didn't do I, anything last year. 
so they're relying on on Drew Locke and and Jerry Judy are gonna are gonna take the league by storm. <laughs> I I doubt it. They, you're telling me their defense is they they get Von Miller back. I'll give him that, but he's coming off of uh, uh torn Achilles, I believe, either torn Achilles or, or torn ACL. Either way, those are very hard to come back from. If anybody in the league could do it, it's Von Miller. Von Miller's a freak athlete. He's very smart, very intelligent. So I'm sure he went about it the right way. It's still physically a very hard injury to come back to come back from. So 10, Denver at 10 confuses me. Right above us, you have San Francisco at 11. I think they're too low. I think San Francisco is too low because this is a set with, with Jimmy Garoppolo coming back and Nick Bosa coming back. Yep. That's the same team that just went to a Super Bowl two years ago. And nearly, if Jimmy Garoppolo would have not overthrown uh, Debo Samuel, you're looking at yeah. the, they're two years removed from a Super Bowl win. So at 11, I think they're too low. Then you have us at 12, which I like. Behind yeah. us is Tennessee, who just went in there with Julio Jones. Now they got Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, and our boy Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. 14, you got Indy. Carson Wentz is trash, so I'm going to leave at that. 15, Seattle. I was shocked Seattle's that low. They got bars. Nobody cares. Uh, 15, you got <laughs> Seattle. Uh, neither has Daniel Jones. So at 15, you got Seattle. I was shocked that they were there. Because, again, Russell Wilson, anybody knows me, I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan. Anybody knows me knows I love me some DK Metcalf. Future GOAT. I'm telling you now. <laughs> 16, you got Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is it was a fairly yeah. decent offense and, and a team – all together. 17, you got New Orleans. 18, you got New England. Um, 19, you got the Giants. And 20, you got the Chargers. That's just top 20. The the, the teams that uh, you got 67 and 18 is Pittsburgh, New Orleans, New, New England. We're all ranked above them. Since Dan Snyder took over the team, those three teams right there account for nine Super Bowls. Not giving New, York, New England six of them, but still, all three of those teams account for nine Super Bowls in the last 20 years. And we are ranked above them as a roster. Top yeah. to bottom, people believe that we have a the Pittsburgh Steelers, the New Orleans Saints, and the New England Patriots. I've never seen it in my lifetime that I've been able to understand and, and know it and appreciate it. But again, that just them using the numbers that they use, I love it. I like where we're at at 12. I'm, I, yeah. It's not too high. It's not too low. You could switch with a couple teams. I wouldn't be upset if they would have put Tennessee above us because, again, Ryan Tannehill has proven he can he can sort of lead the team. Uh, they got A.J. Brown. We know he's a beast. Derrick Henry, best running back in the game right now, and adding Julio Jones. Yes, he's he's getting up there in age, but he can still produce. Seattle, again, if they would have put them above us, I wouldn't have been mad. I think their offensive line is the biggest question, and their defense isn't what it used to be, but they still have Russell Wilson, who's a top-five quarterback in the league. They still have DK Metcalf. They still got Tyler Lockett. So I like it. I like the list. Yeah. it's And to me, like you said, solid. Um, you know, it's one of the things where you we're, we're, we're above average, and that's where you want to be at this point, considering the fact where we were last year where we were 30th. So, and yeah, the, the Denver thing is intriguing, but I think with Denver, they're they kind of similar to us when you look at it from a standpoint of the question mark at the quarterback position because we know defensively they're good. I mean, you look yeah. at like uh Bradley Chubb, you look at um 
Vaughn Miller. Like, they're solid on defense. And then, like you said, they got uh, good weapons on offense, like Noah Faint. Um, you know, so I, I, and you know, 10 is was kind of high. I mean, honestly, I've, I look at Denver as like kind of a 15, 16, like kind of a middle of the pack kind of team. I agree. But, but, you know, that's, 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 you know, that's going to be definitely interesting to how it's going to play out. But, um, in a weird way, it kind of scares me too. And I, and I, I like it. But a part of me is like, especially with this team, I, I feel as though like when the bar is high, no offense to bar, no, no pun intended, but when the bar is high, it, it feel like we underachieve. We underperform. Yes, I, I that and is one thing that, that I thought of too. I, I mean, I, I, I didn't really want to address because it's really the elephant in the room. But we've seen this before where there's the heightened expectations versus last year where we looked, like you know, it's almost like hell. If we finished four and twelve, it we we could have won the Super Bowl. I mean, as far as the expectations, because we were supposed yeah. to be like second to the last, well, third of the last. Um, you know, as far as our roster, but um, yeah, I mean, it is a good thing. But I think with this, the only thing I really hang my head on about that type of elephant in the room, I think we got the right personnel that can overcome that. That you can tell, like there's still a hunger, versus in previous, you know, in, in the previous administrations. Not to, not to name a specific one, but the last administration within the last twenty years, you kind of seen this where when they fly under the radar, they perform, but then when it's like the, the expectations are high, they yeah. kind of, you know, they play down to their, to their level. Yeah. So this year, I think it's a little bit different. I think Ron Rivera. And just the staff alone, they just have they have a chip on their shoulder. Like you could just obviously you could tell this is a very 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 different administration. So hopefully, um, you know that does play well in twenty twenty one because you know like we talk about we have very heightened expectations for this team as well, and yeah. I think it's pretty much predicated on the simple fact of hey, we got leadership now. We actually have we have a leader. That like we uh, we talk about this all the time, where we got a leader that can stand up to the owner and has full cachet. This says you mm-hmm. know there's no there's no pecking order where if there's a situation like you know like like if it was a situation oh you can go to the Mr. Snyder no you going to Ron if you got a problem you going to Ron Ron runs the ship yeah and it's and it's clearly from from day one. If we got a problem, we we can't run upstairs to Mr. Snyder no more. We gotta talk to Ron. <laughs> so yeah, um, it's, <laughs> it's great you you brought that up because I, I was gonna bring up the same thing um, because we know, especially guys' jersey that I'm wearing right now, he was <laughs> that was one of the biggest things that 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 was the biggest story his first two or three years in, in the league. You know, with him with RG three and Mike Shanahan, mm-hmm. RG three won. Hand told him, "Oh, we're doing it this way," and he goes straight, you know, straight to to Dan Snyder. That's what the reports said. But you brought up Ron Rivera running the show, and and one thing that still I I scratched my head as to why we did it, why the team did it, why Ron Rivera did it. But the Morgan Moses release, it yeah. truly does. It still to this day it baffles me because the his first four five years in the league couldn't stand him. I wanted I wanted him gone. It seemed like every other play we had a flag holding on 76. It 
it got yeah. tiresome. But this past season, I thought we had released him a year early because when I never heard his name, never heard his name at all. Because he he cleaned up his holding, he cleaned up his hands, and he was playing very very well. And then he, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was a cap hit, just trying to clear some, which doesn't even make sense because again we we had so much cap space. So again, I don't know why we released him, but he was released. And Ron Rivera, he, that that was his decision. That's a calculator risk he was willing to take, whether it plays out or not. You know, only time will tell. And if it doesn't play out, he's the type of person that's going to take full accountability. Yep. Yeah. And like you said, and that's one thing too. Like we and we've always talked about this too, even before the onset of of the podcast, where it's almost like he he has that riverboat monster for a reason. Right. And we really have to trust in them because, you know, to bring up, I know we, you know, we have to bring up an alum, unfortunately, but uh, Dwayne, um, how he handled, like, to me, I was, I'm telling you, if we would have had to watch the football guys podcast at the week three of the NFL season after we played our Beltway brethren, the Baltimore Ravens, and, and, you know, and then he bitches him after that Baltimore game. And I'm like, I mean, I would have, I would have been like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, because if this kid almost had 400 yards in that game, he even though he didn't score a touchdown, but he had his best as far as a yardage standpoint, his best of his career. And I'm like, yeah. why are you why are you like shorting this man for Cal Allen, who might be QB two in 2021? But we'll see. But <laughs> but, not be. but right. But in all seriousness, he'd be QB two on the Rams, maybe. <laughs> But in all seriousness, I thought to myself, like, but it's just like one thing. It's like we just got to keep trusting them. That's I think that's what is a, a, the part of leadership where even though you may not agree with what he does, like we talked about the Jamie Davis pick. We were, you know, when we first – and, of course, shout out, shout out to our guys at the Off-Ball Network. They they clowned us. We look yep. – they, they try to make us like we were a bunch of jackasses. But in theory, we were like, okay, well – in theory, we got to trust him because yeah. every move that he has made, even though some have been questionable, but they were the right decisions. So to me, we like, and that's the thing about this, this, about this organization where he's making these calls and he's, he's undefeated with these calls. Like he's, he's got to a point where he, 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 he's developed that trust level amongst us fair basis and then and also in this in the in the periods through the, the players as well. Yep. And you and you just he's riverboat run for a reason. You just hop on the boat and just put on a lifeboat, you're gonna be fine. Just hop on the boat, you'll be fine. Just keep your life vest on and, and trust them. Yeah, and the biggest thing I, I always try to remember is hey, you win some, you lose some. We, yep. I already know not every single so far, every single decision he's made has hit benching yep. Dwayne Haskins ultimately ended up yep. being, you know, a great success Um in, well, not a great, but a success in the long run. We, yeah. we, we made the playoffs and seeing how Dwayne handled himself professionally in, in the time era that we were in during COVID during the pandemic, you know, it was a good decision to release him. Uh, I think Ron saw that immaturity, you know, from a mile away. Yep. Uh Same thing with, I think that's Morgan Moses situation. I think it's going to pan out. Jamin Davis, he was he he was a favorite at a, a rookie minicamp. So, you know, so so far it's looking good. 
one of these is, is not going to hit. I, I know that. Um, just waiting for whichever one doesn't hit and, and hopefully we take it in stride and we remember, hopefully I remember this conversation, um, because I, I'm a very irrational person and I'm very reactive. <laughs> so he does something that I don't agree with and it turns out to be the wrong decision. I'm gonna call for its head, but then that's why I need people like you and Jerry to say, Hey, remember when you said you're not going to hit them all? And I'll say, okay, you're right. Yeah. And 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 I cannot wait for those type of situations, scenarios play out this NFL season, because like you, like we would have had it last year. It was so many, like, like we talking about the Wayne bitching at the Baltimore game. I was like, I would have been. I wouldn't say call for his head, but I was I, furious. I, know, I was I was mad. I was you know I remember, and it's funny because I remember calling my dad. Was like, what the hell is he doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, what what is he like? Why are you why are you um, why are you sitting him at this point where he played against a great defense, even though he didn't put up any touchdowns and he didn't. I don't think he threw an interception that game. I think no. he was zero for zero. So because you think about it, because that because that's when they had um, Marlon Humphrey on um, on what's Jig on Terry on Terry. He yeah, had a, yeah, and I like. Like okay, well, and that was a that was a good defense, and he pretty much held his own in that game. So the part of me was like, like why, like you know, and I kept on. And it's funny because I kept on thinking to myself, like he's getting better, he's getting better, and I kept on saying that every week. You all you want to do is just you with him. You just want to see a small uh, improvement, right? And he was giving, and he was giving you improvement, but. Like you said, and and that's I think that's one thing when we look at it now in hindsight, coach seeing something different than what we would see because we're looking at the the on field type of performance that would suggest hey he should play next week against the Rams. Mm-hmm. Period. Like regardless, he shouldn't be in street clothes or he shouldn't you know he shouldn't be you know, relegated to the second string or the third yeah. string or, or a healthy scratch and at some points during the season. So, and like you said, and it maybe like you said, it could have been in the preparation. It could have been just, you know, you know, I call it the Monday through Saturday um, operations yeah. of this team where, you know, as far as the, the preparation stage for the, for the next week, maybe may have not been up to par, but his on the field, performance suggested he should have gotten another opportunity and played, but you know, but like you said, I've always trusted him. And I, and I, I always think about the situation um, in 2013 when he was with, with the Panthers and they lost to the, to the bills by a point. And I was actually in Charlotte that week. And I remember people was calling for his head and I was like, you know what? I better stick with this man. Cause I had him and lo and behold, um, he rode the ship and ended up becoming coach of the year that year. So, I mean, I always think about that situation. I'm like, you know what? If we ever had a guy like that, that's <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's like that when you when you're in a situation like we were, where as far as this carousel of, of coaches yeah. and just the turnover, and you see a guy like that that kind of you know is kind of firm and and just a situation that's, that's, that's well more so strict. But he, he he's all about the business. He's all about yeah. he's all about the business, and that's what you kind of want. And you know, now we have that. And like I said, we just gotta keep keep trusting him. And like you said, he's gonna miss on some stuff. 
and, and, and trust me, we'll be we'll be here to, to dissect it every every wrong move that we think. Oh, he's yeah. not gonna be. He's not. Yeah, trust me. We love Ron Rivera, but he's never. He's not gonna be off the hook. Not right. at all. Like, but he he, he might do some stuff. But it's gonna, you know, it's just one of the things where we're gonna trust him. But trust me, you know, it, it, it's gonna go down. <laughs> it's because <gonna>, <laughs> I, I have a strange feeling. It's, gonna, it's some stuff going. Some intrigue is going to happen this season where there's going to be a lot of things that could get, you know, especially I think especially this quarterback position where I think it's going to be the biggest question mark. And I think oh, how he handles yeah, that, how, how and how he handles that. Week in and week out is going to definitely be, I think, is going to be pretty much the prevailing story, barring anything catastrophic with this team. That'll probably be the biggest headlines for this with this team. I do think, and I'm not trying to get ahead of of ourselves, and you know, because obviously training camp is coming up, we're going to be covering that very closely. I do think that training camp is going, we're going to see a surprise cut, somebody that we think is a shoe in on this team. I think we'll we'll be looking for for a new team in in 2021. Yeah, yeah, I, and you know what? And you say it, and it's true. I mean, it, it happens, and like I'm telling you, I'm I'm. All right, let's be. I would be 100 transparent. I was I was low key mad, like literally mad, like when Adrian Peterson got cut. I I was I was, I was mad because to me, I look at, especially. Of how this season ended and how where he ended up being, he ended up being like, cause I was like, cause he ended up going to Detroit, didn't he? Yes. No, he ain't going to Detroit. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, he went to Detroit, and it's like it's even worse there. And yeah. like to me, I thought he would have been uh, such a great mentor, um, cause I and I always, I always say, the ones who I give respect are to the ones when you when you when you're not playing for something. And you're and you're still playing like it's something, and you yeah. carry yourself as if you're playing for something. You're gonna get respect out of me, like you know, like him, like gas him, and like Ryan Kerrigan. I in that three and thirteen disaster season, two thousand nineteen. Those are two guys I looked at like, man, these are our leaders. Like those guys, week in and week out, we was getting our teeth kicked in. Shout out Dan Campbell. But <laughs> but when we was getting out, you know, when we was getting beat every weekend and week out, they were always there talking to the media. They were there and just you know putting a positive spin on everything, even though you know trying they put they were putting lipstick on a pig weekend and yep. week out, and yep. that's letting me know like those type of guys you want in your trenches. It, they're the guy you want in your foxhole. So to, for him to get cut, because I would, I that's I, what I really wanted for him is to ride off in the sunset. He, you know, he run for us. He maybe potentially break Emmett Smith record potentially on his team, and you know, and then five years later, he he, you know, he goes to Canton, and I I yep. wanted his I want his happily ever after to be here in Washington. But How fitting would that be though for a Washington football team player to break? Like the six or seven best running back record <laughs> in history. That'd be cool. I gotta look at my list. He, I, I don't think he's top. He definitely not top three. I don't know if he's top five. But it's for another day. That's that's for that's for the island. 
I'll probably get inside an island one of these days. Yes. I don't know. Fire up the boat. Fire up the boat. Yes, indeed. Because, dude, they they y'all <laughs> get your get your life gear. Let get your get your life gear ready because it's gonna be a bumpy ride on Cruise Island. Oh yeah. Boy, oh boy, they ain't ready for that conversation. That is that is They're not, not. far. That's They're the really elephant. Not. That's the elephant in the ocean. <laughs> yep. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I can get uh, Mo on. Maybe I can. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I'm two and zero. Oh. Yeah, I'm two and zero oh on the island. Yeah. So maybe I'll make it. Maybe I'll make it a, an even three. <laughs> man, oh man, yo, fire up the boat! I tell you, man, yo, we are here, man. That is crazy. You cruise, man. That 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 that's that's viral. <laughs> but yeah, so. Next topic is our wide receiver core the best in the NFC East. What you got, Cruz? We going back on Allen? Are they are they the best team, the best wide receiver core? And we're just talking wide receivers, right? Yeah, we talk wide receivers, yeah. Not pass catchers as a whole, just wide receivers. Just wide receivers, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. Not even a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no comparison. Because so so I went on on Pro Football Focus, and mm-hmm. like we talked about a little bit ago, they got numbers. It's not yep. just names; they got numbers to back it up. Now I went through the numbers of the top three, <clears throat> excuse me, the top three receivers from last season on each team in the in the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dallas, I cheated a little bit because their top, <laughs> their third best receiver with uh, their third best graded wide receiver. Was not their third best receiver. Um, I forgot who it was to be honest, but their top three receivers we can all agree: Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb. Yep, we can agree on that. Pro Football Focus grade for each of them respectively: Amari Cooper seventy five point nine, sixty six point three for Gallup, C.D. Lamb seventy one point six. Add those three, divide by three, basic math: the average seventy one point three. New York Giants: Kenny G, Sterling Shepard, uh, Darius Slayton, eighty one. 79.6 and 67.8 respectively. That average 76.3. So right off the bat, Dallas isn't even the best wide receiver core yeah. in the league. That's just going off for two teams. You look at uh Philly, who should be an XFL team. Their their <laughs> average is 67. I will say though, uh they did draft Devontae Smith, uh Heisman trophy winner. We all know he doesn't he obviously doesn't have a pro football focused grade. So I didn't add him into the mix. Um, but Travis Fogman, JJ Arcio, Y sides, and Jalen Rager average out to 67. We don't know what, what Devontae Smith is going to bring to that wide receiver group. We can assume that he can improve it. Is he going to improve it by 10, 10 points? Probably not. So you look at Washington, our top three last season. Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Adam Humphreys. Those are our three highest graded uh, wide receivers. Obviously, Curtis Samuel and Adam Humphreys weren't on our team last year. You can assume those are wide receiver one, two, and three. Terry McLaurin, 78.5. Curtis Samuel, 77.1. Adam Humphreys, 69.9. That average, 75.2. So we're only one full point off of the New York Giants as far as you know, pro football focus grade, the average of the top three. Now, that's not including, obviously, we said pass catchers because we can throw in Logan Thomas if they want to. I don't think they do. Um, 
that's not including the quarterback play because um, Philly, I think if you throw in uh, Jalen Hurts, it goes down. New York Giants, they should end up being an XFL team if they're on Daniel Jones. Dallas will probably their their grade will probably go up a little bit if you account for Dak uh, Dak Prescott. Yeah, and Washington might probably be about the same if you take into account Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, so yeah, I mean, you look at we're we're a point off top three receivers from the Giants who who mathematically according to PFF.com have the best wide receiver core at least the top three wide receivers in the division. Mm-hmm. Now you have to look at the quarterback position. Ryan Fitzpatrick versus Daniel Jones. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you're <laughs> a fan of. Even if you are a Giants fan, if at this point in time, you would rather have Daniel Jones than Ryan Fitzpatrick, you, you're playing yourself. You're lying <laughs> to yourself. You're trying to convince yourself that Daniel Jones was worthy of, of that six overall pick because right now that pick still looks good because Dwayne Haskins is gone. He's already on his second team. He was a 15. That was the top two. Those were the top two quarterbacks in that draft class. The fact that he's gone, he's already been released and he's in Pittsburgh. Now that's all the giants have now It's all. Well, our quarterback didn't, you know, he's still on the team. Yes. He's still on the team. Is he a better quarterback? Probably not. Our, our quarterback didn't get cut because he was a, trash quarterback he got <laughs> cut because of his off the field issues and he was immature and he was a child <laughs> if it wasn't for that he'd probably still be on the team right now yeah honestly if he didn't go to a strip club maskless after his head coach had just finished you know cancer treatment he'd probably still be on the team yeah he'd probably be fighting for that qb2 spot and probably lose it but he'd still be on the team Daniel Jones, he will not be on the team after this season. Uh, they will draft another quarterback next year. So you have to look at it. You're looking numbers-wise. Yes, you can make the argument. Washington has the best wide receiver court, and that's just top three. That's not including Cam Sims, who played great for us, especially in that Pittsburgh game that I was just watching about an hour ago. Yeah. So, yes, Absolutely. Are we the best right now? You can make the argument. You can also make the argument that we're not. But I believe that by the end of the season, without a doubt, we will be the best wide receiver core in the division. Yeah, um, I think so. Um, like you said, and I look at like you said, I think from like from top to bottom, I think as far as um, I think even the top three, I think we definitely we're right there with Dallas and we're right with the Giants. And I just look at just like uh, just the whole uh, depth. I think we have the best depth out of all the uh, wide receiver cores in this division. Um, and that's another. And we and it's funny that when you talked about um, there's going to be a surprise cut or there's going to be a guy that's we're gonna um, gonna be really shocked that somebody can get cut. It's probably gonna come out of this group. I mean, in yeah. theory, when you think about it, because you look at we got scary Terry. Um, Curtis Samuel, Adam Humphreys, Damani Brown, um, Gandy Golden, um, Cam Sims, the other Sims, Steven, Steven Sims Jr., yep, and then so that's seven right there. We're not keeping seven wide receivers. Oh, absolutely not. 
So, and you just look at that where it's just like, and that's the weird thing about, like you said, and that's this is where the surprise cut is going to come from. It's going to come from this group. I mean, essentially, and then you look at all seven of those guys have played effectively in this league, and they've played, you know, for the most part, maybe Gandy Goldie, I may kind of shy away from that previous statement, but he, had, you know, so you just look at it from that standpoint of just how the, the depth of it, where the, you know, the bulk of these guys have, you know, have put in work in this league from a depth standpoint, yeah. we're unmatched, but you know. Yeah. So right now yeah, we have 12 wide receivers. We have 12 wide receivers on the roster as of wow. right now. Wow. Um, could you list it? I know you listed seven of them. Isaiah Wright played good at times. Oh, yeah, Isaiah Kelvin Wright, Harmon. Yeah. Kelvin Harmon was dealing with that, oh, I think, ACL tear. Oh, he's what coming he back say? from that. Yeah, he said he's coming oh. back. He's feeling good. Um, I forgot about him. Yeah, right. we got – we're stacked at receiver. As in, I'm Isaiah Wright, yeah, he was He was kind of – yeah, I remember him. He was, especially, he was all right. He was doing pretty good in the Cleveland game. Yep. Yeah, he, he oh, produced man, think, when, when we needed yeah. him to. Right, I do. I totally forgot about Harmon because he got hurt so early. I forgot about Harmon. Oh, so man. There, there's no reason our wide receiver core can't be can't be the best. And and when we say wide receiver core, we're talking top to bottom, number one to number, however many it ends up being. <laughs> so count for injuries. Any of these guys can play. And now that we have a quarterback who likes to throw it deep, who likes to throw downfield, because with Alex Smith, it was you know ten yards max was his what he would normally throw like a 10-yard throw from Alex Smith was a big play very seldomly did you see him go deep 20 plus yards um someone like Ryan Fitzpatrick he'll go he'll throw a 20-yard pass on a on a halfback screen if if he thinks the guy can get open but now that we have somebody like that there this opens up the playbook And probably Scott Turner is going to get creative, and and we're and we're solely going off of Ryan Fitzpatrick being week one starter all the way through week seventeen. Yeah. We don't know what's going to go on with with our boy Hennessy. He yeah. could surprise us. He could take that QB one spot. And you know what? Whoever ends up being QB one, I'm going to trust Ron Rivera's decision because, again, like we just said, he hasn't failed yet at the QB yeah. position. Um, yeah. Failure, I won't say failure. If he keeps Kyle Island on the roster, I will consider that a failure. But also to go back to the wide receiver position, <clears throat> yeah. Um, dude from, from New England. What oh Harry Henry. Nikhil Henry. Henry. Yeah, yeah, he wants he wants to be traded. Why not? I heard. I heard. Why not get rid of a, a Dax Milne, who honestly I've never heard of? And maybe Antonio Gandy Golden. Maybe that, that remember that was my preseason uh, offensive rookie of the year in twenty twenty. That was that was. I didn't want. I didn't want to bring it up. I wasn't going to be the one to bring it up. Um, but I mean, who who's to say that they won't give up the or the New England that Bill Belichick won't take a fourth, fifth round pick because you know he loves those mid round picks. He's not oh, a big dude. first second round guy. He likes a mid-round picks. Give him a fourth and a fifth, fourth or a fifth, and throw in <clears throat> throw in a, a tier two, tier three player that we're deep at 
maybe give him another receiver. And then you only have to cut one or two more guys at that position, maybe three if you really wanted to. You know, Kyle, you can cut Kyle Allen because, you know, he just to make, <laughs> make space. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Why not bring him on? He's still on his rookie deal. Yeah. And I, I don't know for good. sure. I don't know for sure if they're able to um, extend him on or pick up that fifth year option. <clears throat> I believe they would be if they were to trade for him. Um, I'm I'm 99% sure they if they were to trade for him, he would t- still technically be. It's they're trading for that contract, so he'd still be on his rookie contract. He was a first round pick, so he comes with a fifth year option. You can pick up, you know, relatively inexpensive. If he ends up producing, great. If not, hey, you, you gave up a, a fourth round pick. Oh well, right. we've we've gone up, we've given up more for worse. And then, because I think it's if he's released, and then we sign him. That's technically a new contract, but that's neither here nor there. So yeah, we can yeah. still pick up the, his fifth year option. We'd be good to go, golden, like Antonio Gandy, golden, being traded yeah. to the New England Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, we we giving up on on the Liberty product already. <laughs> look, look it, it's not so much because I have I, a, a friend of mine that I worked with, so kind of pay attention to their football team a little bit. Look, I'm trying to get a dub. I'm trying to see my team with the Lombardi Trophy. I've never seen it. I, I, that's all I want. If giving up Antonio Gandy Golden. Ensures us the Super Bowl. I'll take it. I'll take it all day. Oh, that's an easy sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> they can even have JD uh JD McKissick. I'll throw him in too. Hey, you know, we we're off a business. Like you said, Belichick, he loves that's his type. Third and fourth round picks. That's that gets oh, him much, that gets him excited. Yeah, but how much do you think we can get for Brandon Scher from New England? Oh, but again. Shoot, they might give us McCorkle. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't want McCorkle. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. You don't want McCorkle. This, give up Brandon this. Scherf, get Nikhil Henry, and a first-round pick? Because hmm. he's going to walk next year. Right. You're, so, at this point, your your goal <laughs> should be to trade him because he clearly does not want to come back. Yeah. He's made maybe. that very clear. Um, We drafted uh, Samuel Cosme out of Texas, who I think you know can be a, a solid replacement yeah. for him. Uh, we signed Cornelius Lucas from Chicago, yep. who I think his grade was 78.9, so it wasn't terrible. So, and yeah, then, I think. And then your boy, your boy's there, the one that you love, Sadiq Charles. Yep. Sadiq Charles, he's oh, coming yeah. back. Coming yeah, back off that injury. Guy. That See, is. See, we can right. Yeah, oh, we're man. set. Yeah, we're we set. Go it. ahead and order the uh, – Super Bowl 53 church or 55 shirts right now, whatever Super Bowl we are on. I think 56, I think. Oh, 56. It's been 56 already? Yeah. Yeah. Man. Well, yeah. Cause, Cause last year was 55. Was well, it? I thought. Yeah, so. last year was 55. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like you said, I wonder about it. Now that's interesting about the brand the chef sheriff thing. If you give us a first, I mean, hey, I mean. At this point, yeah, because you because you're not gonna get nothing for him because he gonna mm-hmm. walk because you, you're not gonna put him on a on a, um on a franchise again. You no. put a franchise tag on them. I I know that for a fact. 
I mean, you're not gonna Kirk Cousin him <laughs> again. You could. I mean, you could, but could, in but... theory. Because then I mean, you're paying him, you're paying him a lot of money for one year, and then if he gets hurt, then you're definitely even in a trade, you wouldn't get anything for him. Right, get something there, like almost mm-hmm. Get as much as you can. I would even press to try to trade him by by the start of training cap, so that way you get maximum compensation. You get that new guy in, start mm-hmm. getting getting yep. him familiar with the with the team that playbook. That's okay. what I would be pushing for right now if I was Ron Rivera, but. The closest thing that I have to being a GM is on Madden, and I have that on on rookie mode, so they don't really they don't really give me too much pushback on that. Oh yeah, and then like you said, if you in theory, because have we learned our lesson from Trent Williams, where people was, was literally giving us stuff, and then we end up getting what a fifth round pick out of the deal, a third, third, yeah, third out of the deal, a and third. then well, we got. We got a fifth in that current draft, and that and then, it was the 2020 draft. Yeah, and then this past we got a third in this past draft. Right, and then we gave him the Cal Shanahan and them boys. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. What are, what are y'all? And now, and, and Trent Williams is a as a top 25 player in his league yep. once again. Yep. So Who's yeah, that? definitely but, yeah. we gotta gotta do something with that. Learn our. Next we definitely time. have to learn from that. Yep. So, a final topic tonight is a very, very, very special uh, topic. Um, we're gonna name our favorite players from the twenty teens, and I think you have probably one of your favorite players from the twenty teens uh, jersey on, if my if my memory serves correct. He, so he may not. He he may or may not be in my top three. And oh. We'll, okay. uh, We'll okay. get to that in a little, in a little bit, but yeah, yeah, he, def- yeah. he definitely is one of my favorite players. Mm-hmm. Um, but at number three, I have so I have three right now. Okay, three. I got D'Angelo Hall. Yeah, he was. I remember when we signed him. I think from Oakland. It was with Oakland yeah. side because he went got drafted by Atlanta, Oakland for a little bit, had a cup of coffee there, and then was with us the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. One of one of, if not the best corner in the league in his time. Uh, yeah. one of my biggest memories, the things that pops up instantly is his four pit game against uh your boy Jay Cutler. Yes. Against Chicago. Yeah. I think we still ended up ended up winning that game by like five or six points. Yeah. Um if he didn't have those four picks, we would have probably would have gotten blown out. Um, one of my <laughs> one of the things that it makes me laugh now. Mm-hmm. Not that anybody getting hurt is funny, but just that whole interaction before and after uh, pre uh, preseason practice. Uh, they're doing a co-practice with the Houston Texans and him and DeAndre Hopkins. You know, they were drawing back and forth. You know, that's what the pe- uh, competitors do. They talk trash. Mm-hmm. So they're going back and forth. And DeAndre saying, you know, I, I beat you no matter what. It doesn't matter what route. D Hall's talking back. I locked down. You're nobody when I'm on. So he starts to go. He goes, he run, he starts like he's running a go route. Yeah. So D Hall starts to turn around to go <clears throat> because D Hall was slower than DeAndre Hopkins at that time. Yeah. And obviously still is now. He goes to turn his hips. And Hopkins uh mm. stops on a dime, turns around, run that little button curl, 
and then it 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 hits D Hall. He tries to stop, and then ends up tearing his Achilles. Yeah, and he was never the same. I think shortly after that, he was he retired because he was never the same. He he tried playing safety for a little bit. Um, one because of his age, two because of that, he just was not the same player. Um, <clears throat> number two, my boy London Fletcher. I have time before we went live. I was assigned between this jersey and my London Fletcher jersey. So for those of you that don't know, I've told this story a million times. Uh, I I believe I'm cursed when it comes to jerseys of of any athlete. So like we've said before, I've gotten my very first jersey was Champ Bailey jersey. A couple years later, he was traded. After that, I got a Stephen Davis jersey. Shortly after that, he was released. 2007, I got a Sean Taylor jersey. Uh, a month and a half later, he was shot and killed. So I've kind of pumped the brakes a little bit on jerseys of, of current players. I thought for like five minutes a few months ago to get a Chase Young jersey. Uh, my father quickly talked me out of that. He was like, no, we need him. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Wait till he retires and he's in the hall. Then go get yourself a jersey. I said, okay. So funny story. <clears throat> London Fletcher it was 2012 RG3's rookie season. Um, my dad is the most loving person in the world. When I come home or when he visits, 99% of the time, I either end up leaving his house with something of his or he gives it to me. That's how he is. If I see something I like and I show interest, here, you can have it. I have a Padres cut back there that he was drinking. out. They were here last weekend for my daughter's birthday. And I was like, yo, that's a really dope cup. He's like, yeah, you can have it. I was like, no, it's all right. Like, he's like, no, I got another one at home. It's yours. So now I was back there. I get home, and this is the first year that Nike took over, and they came out with the Flyknit jerseys, the, the Flyknit on the on the neck. Mm-hmm. And, and, I get, and I get home. I come home on leave. There's also my first year in the Navy, right before my first deployment. I get home on leave. He shows it to me. Oh, that's a badass jersey. Has a Flyknit. It's a 75th anniversary patch on the on the collar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and it's the it's a throwback, like the the really really dark, almost like a purple, with the old school logo on yeah. on the sleeve. It was one of those. Loved it. He was like, "Yeah, you could have it." That I didn't even try to argue with him like this. He said, "I could have it." I took it. The next day. London Fletcher misses practice. Mind you, London Fletcher is Mr. Iron Man. He's never yeah. missed a game. Never. The next day, he misses practice with an injury. <clears throat> I so happened when I left, went back to, to Florida to hit my deployment. I forgot that jersey at his house. Ended up being fine that week. Ended up finishing out his career with Washington. Did not miss a single game. I truly believe to this day, had I <laughs> taken that jersey with me, he would not have played in that game. He was not going to play that week. It, it was so weird the way it lined up. I got the jersey next day, boom, practice, which was for London Fletcher very rare, for even for a serious injury. So I was like, so I'm glad that I left the jersey there. I eventually got it back. Um, and then obviously, number one, like you said, I'm wearing his jersey, and I wore his jersey today because of that. RG3, if you would have asked me this question four or five years ago, he would have been at the bottom of my list. 
he wouldn't even have, have been in the consideration for favorite player of the 2010s. Yeah. I've grown, I've matured, I've learned, and I've I've obviously I've obviously changed my views of him. Um, like we we heard the stories in 2012, 2013, 2014 of him, you know, going by Mike Shanahan, going straight to Dan Snyder, trying to influence uh, the the offensive play style. He was honestly probably the most electric quarterback of or electric player that we've had in my lifetime, <clears throat> in my 28 years of life. Uh, and pairing him with with, De- with Deshaun Jackson, I thought was going to be a, a phenomenal. I thought we could have been one of the top offenses in the history of the league. Uh, if RG3 wouldn't have gotten hurt in 2012, wouldn't have torn his ACL for a, a third time, I think that he would still be playing for us and we would have one of the best teams in the league, but that injury truly changed him. Yeah. He, he, that was his third ACL tear on that leg. And from there, he was never the same. He tried to truly be, and this is what, what baffles me about that whole situation is he really did try to be a pocket passer. He wanted to be remember him, him saying all the time, I was trying to be a pocket passer because one, that's what the league was. This was before Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. Because <clears throat> remember, the best quarterback that year was Andrew Luck coming out of the draft, and he was a typical, you know, pro-style quarterback, sit in the pocket and, and launch it. Our ACL, he really did want to try to be an Aaron Rodgers type, a Tom Brady, a Peyton Manning type, sit there in the pocket and, and read the defense. And for whatever reason, Mike Shanahan, according to reports, was not having it. He thought he knew best, and as the coach, you should have that mindset. Um, and I think that really essentially ruined his career. He went on to Cleveland to do absolutely nothing. But in his defense, all quarterbacks who go to Cleveland, minus Baker Mayfield, in the last 25 years, they go there to do nothing. Yeah, He was with Baltimore last season, backing up Lamar Jackson, uh, future bench warmer. And... I don't know if he signed. I know they released him, and I don't know if he has signed since then. One thing's so. But he's, you know, you know, hopefully he does. You know, maybe maybe there's a spot. There's a, a QB two spot for him over in DC. Hey, never say never. Hey, I'm with it. You know, I'm hey. I mean, like you said. Um. So yeah, and I'll break mine down to three, and I also um. So. My um, number three, um, it's got to be um, Kirk Cousins. Um, I, you know, it's, and like we always talk about and like when it comes to DC quarterbacks, as far as a hierarchy, when it comes just in, in general, it's the president, QB2, and potentially QB1 is the pecking order. We yep. all know that the backup quarterback is usually like is almost, almost just as famous as the president as far as the pecking order in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins, um, the things he's done, like I, I think, especially his rookie year um, in, in Cleveland uh, when they played um, after you know after the injury against um, Baltimore in 2012, um, RG3's benched for that game. Kirk Cousins and uh, a, a temperate uh, Cleveland um, against the Browns on a very cold, uh, wintry day in December of 2012. Yeah. Um, the the play action king. Was just was just hitting everything, and um, you know what he was doing. Even in that Baltimore game, 
um, because you know RG three was out like yep. with like last like two possession or whatever, and Kirk Cousins came in and, and saved the day for us in that matchup. Um, the one that really to me was a quintessential, and he was another one that kind of I you you love him and you hate him. Like he's he's had moments where obviously when we think about like 27, 2016, 2017, those years where we were kind of on the cusp of making the playoffs and him not delivering. But the my yeah. favorite moment of his is all time. This was in 2015. Um, this was in October 2015. We played Temple. Now, mind you. Um, so yep. this had the sequence of events was we were down at halftime. So what I ended up doing, cause I was supposed to meet up with, with some of my uncles cross town. So I just like, you know what? We was going to wait to have the game. But I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to head over there. And then I'm listening to it on the radio and I'm like, Oh, we coming back. We coming back. So then I'm in my uncle house and you know, I mean, you know, I, I get there, we kind of get settled in and he's like, hey, hey, let's go. And I'm like, no, we're not leaving this house until this game is over. And then that was the and that you know and then Kirk Cousins willed us to that victory. That's the you like that you like yep. that you like that. And I was like, you know what, Kirk Cousins is my guy. I you know Kirk Cousins is is ultimate. Um, yeah, and like you said, he's had he's had good moments and bad moments, but I really want to think about him in the, in the good moments. Um, number two, Chris Cooley. I love Chris Cooley. I think Chris Cooley was literally like a, 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 essentially a Washington football guy. Um, Did he play in the twenty tens? Yeah, Chris Cooley. Yeah, because he was there with. Um, yeah, he was with us. Yeah, he probably retired probably what like two thousand and thirteen, fourteen. Because I remember like, one year I thought he, he retired sooner than that. Nah, he was with us within RG three years. Okay, he was there. Yeah, he was there. And then he was there. You know, um, when we was horrible too. Before RG three, um, yeah, he was around. He probably hit the the bulk of his bulk of his was in the early two thousand. Obviously, yeah. But, I mean, he was a part of that as well because I don't think I really mentioned him last week. Um, and then and then you know I two I got two A and two B. Obviously, Ryan Kerrigan. What Ryan Kerrigan did. Oh. Um, especially his first game, the I always think about that that first game where he um, against the Giants in 2011, the where Giants he returned play. that yeah when he re- returned that touchdown and that was pretty much the sad fact of that game. Um, and then just him like we talked about it earlier where he was just a consummate leader um, through the good times and the bad times. He was always kind of that same kind of guy. It was really just ebb and flow, even killed um, the type of person that you want on your team. Like he was, yeah. you know. He fit the role. He was, you know, he was definitely, um, you know, um, our leader. And I think number one, like you said, is, is RG3. And I think you just look at it from that standpoint of what he did for this franchise. Like, um, you got to sit down and think about it. Um, you know, in that 2012 season where we won the NFC East Championship, that was the first time we've won an NFC Championship since 1999. And you look at it, that's, a, that's almost that's a 13-year drought. Yep. And everything, even to that 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 first game against New Orleans, where he just lit it up, and it's like it's it just felt like you said it felt electric. Every week felt like it was almost, and I part of my hyperbole, but it almost kind of felt like like Jordan, like you. It was something about it was like kind of Jordan esque, where it's almost like 
what we're gonna see next of him. Not yeah. saying that he was like a Jordan, like you know, but as far as he had that type of build that make you think what's gonna be next. Like every week was so exciting. Like it was like pretty much like prime time television for me. Like even oh, yeah. though we came on at one o'clock, just about for the bulk of those games. And then you just look at just um, that the highs and lows of that season. Uh, I remember the Minnesota game where he pretty much willed us to win that game where he had the concussion, but he ran like crazy in that game. That um, run. Like, that run. And then you just look at it. It was just so many great moments in that season. Then you just think about it. And it's funny because we talked about like trading assets up. That was when we traded all those picks to the Rams and lost what three years worth of draft picks, mm-hmm. and and I remember, and this is and this is just me being, gosh, Rob, I was like, yeah, well, I want, well, yeah, I was twenty eight. Oh, Lord, I was your age in twenty twelve. Good Lord. Anyway, but but in theory, and I remember, like, because I don't know if you remember back in, and not to kind of do the politics thing, but the you know the Hope Obama campaign, and they had an mm-hmm. RG three one that said, yeah, something. they did, and that's that was- and and yeah. Uh-huh. That was my background on my phone for a while. Uh, that was yeah, that was my profile picture for like for about a few months. <laughs> because but it but it, in theory, it was right because you he gave us hope. He was like he was like our messiah for Washington football at that particular yeah. time. He saved us because we were like, you know, once again, it was another team that was bad. Um, you know, we even though we had Mike Shanahan in them. He was another one where he, he had like the roller deck of quarterbacks. He loved John Beck to death. Like, I don't know, he had he had an affinity for him. He had an affinity for our guy Ryan Tannehill, even though um he probably would have came to us if we didn't um pull all those trades. But um I just think it like he what he did even in that short sample size was it was crazy. And then what's crazy about all that? Um, and then also just that run, the Dallas game. Um, I thought that was, you know, just all that stuff. And just that, just that whole run in general was just fun in 2012. And then you just look at even when – and it's funny because, you know, we talk about now Washington, uh, the Washington football team, their head, you know, their training camp is always in Richmond. So I remember the first year in Richmond in 2013, I mean, it was like – it was it was almost like following like a rock star. It was like he had a rock star, like a cult-like following. And it was and even the funny thing about it, that's when I kind of and it was a weird thing. I, I always had reservations of that injury because I remember every day he used to go to training camp and he would just run around around the perimeter of the practice facility. And it's like and you and I looked at and I, I, I swear to you, I looked at his legs. I'm, I'm I'm just like that. I just looked at it and I was like, he's he's not right. He's not hundred percent. And people was like, Well, the doctor's clear the doctor, the doctor's clear for anything. When he, that's like, when he come out at three thirty tomorrow afternoon and, and walk through, look at his legs. He ain't, he ain't, he ain't hundred percent. He ain't, he ain't ready. Yeah. And I said that from the jump. And I'm like, and then you could just tell how 2013 um, started. Like he just wasn't ready. They, they kind of rushed him. And then, like you said, then the other years transpired, the Drake, Drake Gruden years, and then the concussion. And that Detroit game, and that pretty much he been he was a healthy scratch after that, and then seeing Kirk Cousins win the division in 2015, and it was just the beginning of the end. And yeah. even with that, I will give him credit because that's another thing too, where 
to him to be on the sidelines, he still kind of had the type of composure. People people could even question his body language and those type of predicaments, but I like he handled it pretty well. Like he handled it to a point where I mean you have to sit down and think about it. This man was like the offensive rookie of the year three years ago, and he's relegated to the bench. He's like he's a healthy scratch. He's yep. he's not hurt. He's a healthy scratch. He had a concussion in August, and they pretty much shelved him. Like before he can even, you know, before he can even crack a second deal, he's on the bench, and he's getting. And then you got to think about it. They drafted. He they both was drafted in the same year, and he was a fourth round pick, and I'm the number two overall pick. They they still don't even have draft picks because of me. Mm-hmm. So to, how he handled it, I thought it was it was well. I thought he handled it very well, considering the fact of the circumstance that he was in at that point. He handled it a lot better than the people saying he handled it poorly would Correct. have handled it had they been in that situation. Correct. We can Correct. sit here all day, and we will sit here until you know this show gets gets canceled until Chris and Mo decide that. <laughs> no, Washington football talking is enough, and they cancel us. Um, but we, we can sit here and talk about things that the 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 way the things should have been handled and things that should have been said. But I've never been benched for yeah. I've never been a second overall pick in the NFL and been benched for a fourth round pick in the same year. So you know we can sit here and talk, and everybody talks how he handled it, how he should have handled it. You weren't in that situation; you don't know how you would have. Handled it. I know for a fact I wouldn't have handled it that well. Yeah. So, but I, I do want to yeah. bring up one thing though, real quick. The Kirk Cousins, one of my favorite games from him is the one in 20, 2015 when we won the division against the Eagles. Yes. Uh, at the end yeah, of the first goodness. half. At the end of the first half. So he he kneels the ball and and then kind of kind of tries to spike it. And then he tries to act like he didn't kneel or spike it and tries to run in the end zone. Uh, the interview that Jay, Jay Gruden did a few months ago, they talked about that play. So what happened, and I don't know if we have ever talked about it, mm-hmm. but I love the story, and I love that interview with Jay Gruden. I think he did it with Kevin Sheehan, I believe. Yeah, It was Kevin Sheehan. So Pierre Garçon hated running fades. He refused. <laughs> when I say he refused, not like, uh, I refuse to do something and then I end up doing it, but I come. No, he literally refused in the sense that play that was supposed to be ran. It was supposed to be a fade to, fade to Pierre Garçon. When he snapped the ball, Pierre yeah. Garçon stayed. He did not even move. He didn't take a step. He nothing. <laughs> so Kirk Cousins looked. He didn't know what to do, which I don't blame him. I wouldn't know what to do in that situation either. So he nailed the ball, realized, oh shit, I shouldn't have done that. Pretends to spike it to try to hopefully stop the clock because we didn't have any more timeouts. And said, screw it. I'm just going to run for it. That is my favorite Kirk Cousins story ever. Yeah, man. Kirk was an interesting. And that's the thing with him. I I really liked him. And he was another guy where, like, you, you know, you always rooted for him. And even now, I think I root for him even more now. And, uh, you know, with Minnesota. But like you said, he was another one where it's he was just it was he had his highs and lows. And then I remember I, I think the one that really kind of essentially like it really, really like pissed me off was in the 2016 season where we, you know, when and we in 
Now that's this is the Odell Beckham boat thing. You know, after the game, they went on that mm-hmm. boat. <laughs> so, yep. and 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 now, mind you, in that game, they took they they let all the dogs out. They like nobody. I don't think they had any starters in after like I think after like the midpoint of the third quarter. So this is Kirk Cousins' shot to be like they pretty much let us in, and then lo and behold, no. He, you know, he <laughs> throws that Aaron interception, and then we're just we're done. We're out of the playoffs. Odell Beckham and them down a boat, shirtless with Trey Songs and them. And I was like, dude, we literally pissed off an opportunity. Like we literally. And you know, I don't even blame him for that season. I really don't. I don't necessarily, but I mean that I'm, game, that game. I, I think that game. I blame, I blame um whoever our kicker was in London. Oh, oh, that's who I blame. That's Hopkins. Hopkins. Yep. Oh, that's yeah, because, right. Because we would have, yeah, we, that game wouldn't have mattered. If we would have won that game, we would have already clinched the spot. I'm gonna tell you one thing. I, I, I hope we, I hope Roger Goodell never put us back in London. Please don't ever, not. don't ever like if we gotta play Jacksonville, let us. I, I hope we playing them at home. Like if we gotta play Jacksonville. And I hope by the time we play Jacksonville, they can they can they put butts in the seats. I think they will with Trevor Lawrence and Tim Tebow, but that's you know there. But <laughs> please, please don't ever let us go back to London. I beg you. I never wanted that 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 game, that game will that game lives in my mind rent free. Like I, I can I, I I can talk to a psychologist or whatever. <laughs> it's still gonna live in my head rent free. I that game it, that game pissed me off. Like I couldn't believe I couldn't believe we tied with them. Like, and that's funny. I thought about that, and it's funny. I really, really thought about it when we played Buff, um, played um, Cincinnati this year, and I'm like, oh boy, here go here go some BS yep. happening in this game. But yep. don't ever don't ever schedule us to go to London. Never. Not playing Antarctica before we play in London. I know. I shoot. I. Let's go down to Mexico City, or no, somewhere I mean, or another. All right, like get us, get us somewhere. You know, hopefully the stadium issues will be okay. Like last, because that's what happened last time. But they couldn't have a game in Mexico. Yeah, it was City. supposed to be Kansas City and and uh, the Rams um, and the Rams, and they end up being. Oh, yeah. and I know oh. they kicking themselves. Like that was a classic game. Like that was the probably one of the best. That was one, one of the best games. games we've ever seen. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, I know Mexico City, like, damn, we could have had that game. Mm-hmm. We literally could have had the best game. But, you know, that's how the cookie crumbles, unfortunately. But, yeah, man. So, Rob, let's put a bow on this week's Watch the Football Guys podcast, man. Any final thoughts? Um, Not really. Just excited. I say it every week. I'm just excited. We're another week closer to start a training camp, which means we're another – a uh, week closer to the start of the start of the season. I'm just excited to see what this what this uh, season brings and what Ron Rivera does with this team, and who's going to be QB one. Yeah, I'm excited too, and it's and it's funny now, and it's it's funny because it's it's, it's a it's a weird part of this uh, year for me because I know like I'm gonna be locked in and focused like probably first preseason game with August the 12th, which is that month. A month and two days away mm-hmm. from now, and it's just gonna be tunnel vision where all my Sundays are gonna be consumed. Like I can't wait for like every Sunday on the calendar is gonna be something, 
and I know I'm gonna go mm-hmm. stir crazy during a bad week, which I don't understand why why I do this. Like it, we could be we can we could be horrible, but that bad week just feels so miserable. And and I know like that, and then it's gonna fall on daylight savings time this year. So I know it's gonna be even worse because no, you know, no Washington football team is gonna be dark at five o'clock. So, yeah. I, I'm, but I'm ready for that. I'm, I'm, I'm predisposed. I'm in my mind. I'm predisposed to be ready for that type of change in my life. But like you said, I, I cannot wait. Um, you know, my Sundays would be complete. You know, just you know, just the, all the rituals, listening to the pregame shows, the postgame shows, and just all kind of just the build up throughout the whole entire week. Like I'm just ready for it. Like. You know, I'm I'm really um, got myself mentally um, in a place where I'm ready to occupy my Saturday, my Sundays until February 13th. So, February, so from from where maybe, where Washington plays our final game of the season. But yes, yes, indeed, in uh, in LA, yes, indeed. Yep. So, yeah, I'm just ready. I'm just ready. You know, I you know, yeah, I'm just to a point where from now to February 20th. <laughs> For us, one of being my 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 next free Sunday <laughs> at this point, um, yeah. well, once the season starts on September the twelfth, and you just look at the Labor Day, hey man, Sundays are, are, are for my Washington football team, and yep. you know I'm I'm ready. I'm really 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 ready for this season to um, happen, and um, just ready for the for the highs and lows of the season. Mainly, you know what I'm really ready season. for? Yeah. It comes on with the football season. I'm ready for overreaction Monday. Yes, yes. We'll be back. I'm ready for overreaction Monday to come back. I have, I have a feeling I have a feeling these these overreaction Mondays are gonna be epic this, this season. Yes, September 13th. Yes, indeed. We'll do bring that back on September 13th. We'll try to determine um the time, but to coincide with everybody else's show, we'll probably probably be September 13th. Might do it like around seven o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So you know, don't work for me. Yeah, so it won't interfere with our guys, uh, Jerry and Bars. But um, yeah, man. But um, you know. But yeah, I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, overreaction Monday, uh, September 13th. We'll let the cat out of the bag. Maybe I'll I'll post that on 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 IG on the 13th to kind of give people you know a, a reminder that it's gonna be back. Got two more months of that. So yeah, man, I'm definitely, definitely excited. So yep. raw, man. T- social media, man. Where can they find you? Y'all already know where you can find me uh, at FNC Pod on Twitter, Football and Show Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I, I check out Cruise Island every Wednesday, six thirty p.m. Pacific time, uh, nine thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For those of you who can stay up late. But thank goodness I am on the West Coast because if I had a show on at 9.30 at night, I would not be able to do it. Uh, if you missed the, the one from two weeks ago, I didn't do one this past Wednesday because I had other stuff going on. But the one from two weeks ago is a really good one. I have VP Jeff Hunt on from Jeff Needs Help uh, podcast. We talked about Carl Nassif coming out as gay for his openly active football player to come out. Uh, we talked about why the NCAA is still a garbage organization, despite them <laughs> pretending to be on board with name and image and likeness uh, laws and rules. Um, and then we also talked about why people who do some people who do power rankings and tier list- tier listings 
are absolutely garbage because they're dumb and they don't make sense. Um, so go check that out. Next Wednesday, we're going to talk about um, a little bit the Rachel Nichols and and uh, um, her, Maria Taylor situation a little bit. Um, I know it's basketball, but it does you know yeah. branch out yeah. to every sport and life in general. Um, and also, we'll be talking about how I have come up with a solution on the NFL's farm system, and I think I figured it out. Uh, so I'll give you a hint. It involves Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Okay. So, Dwayne, if you hear this, by some chance, <laughs> give me a call. Hit me up on Twitter. And we can get this. We can get the ball rolling. Big time. And definitely huge shout out to Carl Nazem, a former Washington football guy. He had a cup of coffee in Washington, if you if you remember, sir, is correct. He did, didn't he? Yeah, Carl. Yeah, I'm Carl pretty- had a yeah, Carl had a cup of coffee with us. And you know how I remember Carl Nazem? Hard knocks. Remember when we used to play for Cleveland? He was a financial guy. He was telling everybody on the defensive line and defensive yeah. their bonds. <laughs> so definitely huge shout out to Carl Nazem. Yeah, man. He had he had a cup of coffee with us. I want to say probably was like 2006. Well, no, he might. I think he was in the Jay Gruden. Man, I'm gonna actually pull that up while I'm thinking. But yeah, Carl it's Nassim, not showing had, up unless he was. Um, he, was I like think he was like training a mid-season. Camp? I want to say he was. Uh, um, I'm gonna actually pull it up. Yeah, Carl Nassim, he was with us like briefly. Like he, like like what like. We we say cup of coffee in a hypothetical sense, but actually, probably literally, it was ve- it was a very, uh, very, very short period of time that he was with us. If my memory serves correct, I'm actually gonna pull that up now. But um, I thought yeah, he, yeah, I think he was with us. I think he might have got cut if my um, because I want to say he was with. I, I knew for certain mm. I thought he was with us um, at one point in time. In I don't our, think so, because he was drafted in 2016 by Cleveland, and then they signed him. They waived him in 2018. Tampa got him off of waivers. And then Vegas just signed him to a three-year deal last yeah. March. Hmm. I must have got him confused with somebody else. Because I thought for a certain... Yes, yeah, because I knew for certain I thought he was with us. I thought he had a cup of coffee with us, but obviously probably not. But yeah, but yeah, because I know because I remember him from uh, from Hard Knocks. Obviously, with Hard Knocks, with um, you know, he was a financial guy. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, I remember that. That's how I like. That's that's funny when they when they first talked about it. I was like, oh yeah, that's that's the financial dude. Uh, with the Cleveland Browns, <laughs> but um, yeah, man. So yeah, um, follow uh, follow me um on my podcast Couch Coach Live, um, my personal page uh, Couch Coach P on Twitter, and also um follow the podcast. We're gonna do a little bit more social media on our Twitter page. Uh, we did do the uh, we got a podcast on Spotify. I think we got Apple. I don't know if we got got approved for Apple quite yet, but I know for certain it's on Spotify. And then I'm gonna work on a YouTube because we got three episodes in. We got a, I got the episodes, so we got kind of stop putting those in 
and have our Watch the Football Guys podcast on uh, YouTube as well. I'll be working on that as well. So probably by the time we come back next week, we'll have a uh, we'll have a YouTube page. I'll be working on that soon. And um, yeah, man, we you know counting it down to the days of training camp. And um, yeah, most definitely. So. Yep. Yeah, so definitely, um, once again, another great show, Rob. Um, you know, always, always, Couldn't always without you, yes, indeed. Ditto, same here, man. You know, because we ought to watch the football guys, and hey, man, it is, yeah, this, this is what this is what we do, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week, man. This has been another Washington Football Guys podcast, man. We'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>